What's up, folks? Welcome to another edition of Matt Sporthouse. I'm your host, Matthew Anderson. As usual, plenty to talk about in the sports. So we're going to go ahead and jump right into it. The University of South Carolina lost to Florida with the final score of 38-27. to South Carolina fans were quite upset with the... Obviously, they were upset with the loss, but they were also upset with the officials on the, in this game after missing a massive holding call, a false start, among other calls that had a huge impact on this game. They have every right to be mad because it's like the officials are missing obvious calls, but also whenever you look at it, you never depend on the officials to win the game. So you always then have to look at yourself as what do we do as a team do wrong? One of the things that I saw was that Helensky and Shot Smith couldn't connect on the deep ball. Even when Shot Smith was open, which was the majority of time on those deep passes, it just was it just was Helensky wasn't able to hit him. You hate that as as the offensive coordinator being Brian McClendon because it's like I, I put y'all in the best position. Y'all just gotta make the play. In this case, you just gotta make the throw. Happens to the best of them. Just Helensky was just a little bit off in this game. I think what also has happened here is that early in the season, Helensky was very accurate. And so now the people are like, what is going on here? But people are kind of like kind of guarding Helensky. I've noticed it's kind of like what's wrong with the offensive coordinator. They don't really they don't really question Helensky too much in Columbia. With the pat with that passing game issue they had, one could one could say that one of the benefits, however, was Tavian Feaster went off on this game. Rico Dowdle went early went down early, so Tavian had the majority of the carries. He had 25 carries for 175 yards and one touchdown. Mon Denton came in a little bit to kind of give him a break at times. But big game for him. That's why he came came to USC to start. It just so happened that Rico has been playing really well. So, therefore, he's been getting the ball the majority of the time. But with Tavian Feaster being about to head to the draft, he needs as many of these games as possible so that the scouts can come out and look at his film and be like, okay, this guy can't do it. Just he hasn't had the opportunities. So, not that he, so he definitely wasn't excited when Rico went down, but I'm sure he embraced that his opportunity as the whole next man up thing, and he definitely took advantage of it. So that's that's great for him. All that to say though, USC did lose. Florida left Columbia with the win, which is huge for their program. That's hard to do in the SEC. However, so however you can get it, whether it's officiating, kind of benefiting you, or whatever the case may be, you take and you get back on the bus. You take and you get back back down to Gainesville, and especially whenever it's inclement weather. And they were actually threw the ball a little bit more than I was expecting in this game. Usually, whenever you have rain, you kind of run the ball. But hey, whatever it takes to get the ball, uh, whatever it takes to get the uh, win. I predicted Florida win this game by 10, so I wasn't too far off. If Florida can just keep winning and they beat Georgia, which that game will be in Jacksonville, they will represent the SEC East in the SEC Championship game. Muschamp was very unhappy with these calls on his team, as he should be. And then he got kind of livid with the referees and got an unsportsmanlike penalty after the referee walked away from him, which kind of caused him to like lose it because it's like, I was just talking to you. Then you walk down there 30 yards and then you throw the flag. Obviously, the ref has, like, if he wants to, he can, but Muschamp referred to that as gutless in his press conference. USC has three wins on the season, which is not what they were looking They knew it was going to be a tough schedule, though, but obviously you weren't expecting to have three wins come late, what are we, we are right now, late October, heading into November, but they just need three more to make it to the bowl game, to be bowl eligible, I think they'll beat Tennessee, they should beat 
Vanderbilt and then Appalachian State. I'll give them their three. They're probably going to be playing in like a, like a great venue, but maybe Birmingham or something like that. Just something to tell recruits that, yo, we made it back to a bowl game this year. So we won, we won our six games in the SEC. Now that, that'll get some guys to come, to come in. We're going to move on to the upstate where Clemson beat Louisville to find a score of 45-10. Trevor Lawrence went 20 for 29 for 233 yards and three touchdowns and two interceptions. He now has eight interceptions. I, I know that sounds like the, the of all that, I must go on the interceptions things, but that's how we do with the media. He now has eight interceptions on the year. Deshaun, but people need to calm down because Deshaun Watson had 17, which is double that, plus one. The year Clemson won the national championship. So while it matters, Clemson as a school has overcome the interception issues and still won the, the biggest award possible. The bigger news was that, once again, I'm pulling out the negatives. The bigger news was that on a punt return, Clemson corner Andrew Booth Jr. was blocking a Louisville defender as the defender went down to down to field a punt. Well, all of a sudden, Booth lost his control, threw the Louisville defender to the ground, threw a punch at him while the guy seemed defenseless. Dabble then got in Andrew Booth's face and sent him to the locker room before the ejection even took place, which was an excellent public relation moves on his part because I don't think, I think Dabble was legitimate, but, I, but I'm just saying this is a great public relations move because it's like, I don't care what the referee says. You're getting out of here. So he sent him to the locker room. Then Dabble made him ride, I think it's, a, I'm pretty sure it was an eight hour. It's either eight to five, eight or five hour drive it made him ride on the bus with the team managers all the way back to Clemson instead of the plane with his teammates and then Dabble said the rest of this will be handled in-house Dabble is big on how his players represent the Clemson brand and when the guys represent it in the wrong way he isn't afraid to let them hear about it and punish them accordingly I can understand why he's like this because now people are googling Clemson and googling that guy's name not for like positive reasons not like not looking at Clemson for oh look at the win they're looking to see like what about this fight what about this guy and that, that's negative light on your program and Dabble's big on protecting that that Clemson brand especially because he plays a major component especially as of recently on building that brand but to stay with the Clemson Tigers but we're going to talk about one of their pro guys Christian Wilkins who was an All-American in Clemson he now plays. He was a first-round draft pick for the Miami Dolphins. He threw a punch against the Bills. So there's all the Clemson guys to fight this week. And we're going to stay with the Tigers. but move to the south. Well, even more south. Where LSU started slow, but remain. I'm really rocking with the LSU and Ohio State this year. But nonetheless, LSU started slow, but remain undefeated. Going to Starkville, Mississippi, where they have the cowbells that are constantly like dinging throughout the game. I can imagine as a player, it's so aggravating, especially if you're a visiting player. But uh, LSU came out on top with the final score of 36 13. They scored 33 points in the second and third quarter. So it was like the warm up, second, third. Days went and just shot the whole thing out. And then uh, come the fourth quarter, they kind of just, you know, just kept the other team from scoring too much and got the win overall. Joe Burrow went 25-32 for 327 yards and four touchdowns. Ohio State went to Northwestern Friday night in the trap game snail. You know, a Big Ten, a big, a big Ten matchup on the road at night. Northwestern when they get going, it's not SEC environment, but it could be a, it could be a nice, a, a, a great venue to play. But anyway, 52 to three. I was studying, but I just went to see the beginning of the game because I figured Ohio State was going to blow them out. They went up 21-0. I cut the game off. Ohio State is different. They have a lot of young talent on this team, especially at wideout. So I I predict Ohio State will continue to win out. But they do have a uh, game coming up this week against Wisconsin, which we'll talk about le- later. And they have to play Penn State, who is undefeated. 
Texas barely beat Kansas through this weekend with the final score 50 to 48. So kudos to Les Miles for keeping Kansas like afloat in a game against Texas. Because this has never really been a game. So the fact that they were able to do this, this is great. The fact that this game was so close probably infuriated Texas alumni. Most people don't like Texas alumni, and likewise, most uh, Texas alumni don't like most other teams. The Longhorn faithful feels if Kansas should never even be competitive with them, and I can't, can't, I really can't disagree. And so the fact that this is even close was a disappointment to them, but nonetheless, you get a win. It's always big. It's hard to do. As Dabo Sweeney says, you should celebrate a win because it's not easy in this business. We're going to go out to the Pac-12. We're going to come back to the SEC in a minute. But Utah, 6-1 after beating Arizona State, whose former head coach is Herm Edwards, who was a Super Bowl-winning head coach. If Utah doesn't lay an egg, if they didn't lay an egg against Southern Cal, they would be in perfect position right now that they went out represent the Pac-12 in the college ball playoff. But because they can't just seem to beat Southern Cal, no matter how bad Southern Cal is, the Pac-12 is probably going to be irrelevant another year in the college football playoff. So they pretty much just shut shut down that whole conference because they can't beat Southern Cal. I don't understand what it is. It's like these aren't even the dominant Southern Cal teams. I think the Southern Cal was on their third quarterback in that game. But like I said, we're going to kick it back down south where Alabama beat Tennessee with the final score of 35-13. to Tennessee played them very well at first, but obviously it got away. Stephon Diggs had a – Stephon Diggs' younger brother, was Trayvon Diggs, had a rather unique play wherever the Tennessee quarterback decided to try to kind of dive into the end zone. The Alabama got knocked the ball in his hand. Trayvon got it, took off 100 yards in the opposite direction and scored the Alabama touchdown. After this play, a lot of people got upset with the Tennessee coach, Jerry Pruitt, who grabbed his quarterback by the face mask. And people are like, in this soft culture, people don't like that. They're like, no, you keep your hands off of him. I, I get both sides of it. So I don't even want to call the culture soft. Well, it is. But in this case, I get it because it's like you don't have to. You just yell at him if you need to and kind of keep your hands off of him. But you see a lot of things worse than that in football. And then also, like, you see stuff like that at practice all the time. So the people just don't get to see that stuff. That's why I don't even think the player overreacted too bad, but I get it because it's like keep your hands off people, children. Children. Also, though, Tua suffered a high ankle sprain in this game and had surgery on it Sunday morning. This is the exact same injury Tua had last season, just on the opposite ankle. He will miss this week's game against Arkansas. He will miss this week's game against Arkansas, according to Nick Saban. I believe this changes everything, and LSU should be the front runner in SEC West. This is where Jalen Hurts usually would have come in, you know. Uh, Tua goes out literally just like last season Tua goes out Jalen Hurts gets plugged right in and the tie keep rolling but now that he's gone they're gonna have to go to the next man up approach and what I think that we should speculate on is gonna be when Tua gets back will he be 100% but it's just because he's back from the surgery never doesn't mean he's fully recovered in football you just play through the injuries but I don't know about that one I think like I said LSU should be the front runner and lastly, in college football, Wisconsin went on the road to Illinois and lost the game 23-24. to Wisconsin was undefeated before this matchup, but they can't dwell too much on this loss because they have Ohio State this coming weekend in Columbus on Saturday at noon. For some reason, college game, they decided to go to South Dakota State versus North Dakota State instead of this Big Ten showdown. I don't understand it because although Wisconsin lost the game, they're still a top 15 team in Ohio State's top four i can't exactly remember what number they are right now but it's like so why would you not be at this game but nonetheless college game they're just going to south Dakota state versus north dakota state and watch i'm not gonna say nobody's because that'd be bad but just watch some other guys play but i'm surprised they didn't go watch the the one probably the biggest matchup on tv this weekend but 
Nonetheless, to the NFL where Teddy Bridgewater led the Saints over the Bears with the final score of 36-25. Bridgewater is now 5-0 since taking over starting duties for this team since Drew Brees went out. And he went 23 for 28 in this game for 281 yards and two touchdowns. They also had Latavius Murray, who had 27 carries, 119 yards and two touchdowns. And Michael Thomas, who had nine receptions for 131 yards. When you can have a quarterback throw, I've learned this from watching football. When you can have a quarterback throw for over 200 yards, a running back rush for 100 yards, and a receiver catch for 100, that's usually the recipe to win the game, especially if you can have one or less turnovers to go with that. So if you, for the most part, if you see that template, that order, that, that team usually won the game. Standing NFL, we have, we're going to go through a couple of us, uh, just a couple scores with a little bit of explanation, so just hanging there with me. The Ravens beat Seattle with the final score of 30-16. Lamar Jackson ran the ball for 14 times for 116 yards and a touchdown. Whenever you beat Russell Wilson, especially in Seattle, it's always a celebration because that's rare. That rarely happens. The Rams, the Los Angeles Rams, newly acquired guy cornerback Jalen Ramsey made his debut and forced a fumble en route to the Rams win on the road in Atlanta with final score of 37 to 10 I don't know what is going on with Atlanta it's just it's just a mess the Arizona Cardinals in a matchup with two rookie quarterbacks battling you had Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones two top draft picks the Cardinals came out on top the final score 27 to 21. Kyler went 14 for 21 for 104 yards, which isn't exactly going to break any records. Daniel Jones, however, had three turnovers with one interception and two lost fumbles. This is a learning experience for him. For the Cardinals, Chase Edmonds, their fourth-round draft pick at a running back from the 2018 NFL Draft, and he actually went to Fordham University, which is an FCS program in North Carolina, in New York, excuse me. Had 27 carries for 126 yards and three touchdowns. This goes to show you the NFL will find you wherever you are. If you're that good, they'll go out and find you. This guy was at an FCS program, is now playing in the NFL and with 126 yards too and three touchdowns. So I'm sure he'll be going up, uh, not nah, maybe not a billboard, but in their football facility because that's big. You, and like I always say, recruits love to come in and see, especially at smaller schools. Like, okay, wow. So you, I can make it big too. It's all about how talented you are and how well you play in the system. To move out west where the 49ers are now 6-0, leading the NFC West, and they keep rolling. They beat the Redskins 9-0. Definitely a low-scoring game, like that old-school football. The game was in awful field conditions, and the Niners' defense has now allowed 10 points in 12 quarters of football, so that's an elite defense. Kind of, A lot of headlines. They got Richard Sherman, and they got Bosa, which is my guy, the defensive lineman. The Cowboys, you know, everybody loves the Cowboys. The Cowboys won the final score 37 to 10. The defense turned the pressure up on the Eagles. The Eagles had four turnovers. For the most part, Dak was kind of throwing the wide open receivers. Carson Wentz registered a 40.9 quarterback rating, which is not very good. People keep like putting ranking him above Deshaun Watson. I just I'm just not here for it. The Cowboys got off to a fast start. The Eagles usually, before this game, had the second-ranked rushing defense in the league, allowing less than 72 yards a game. Well, Ezekiel Elliott came and blew that up, and he had 22 carries himself for 111 yards. The Bills had a one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I got two things, two the basketball things, but the one thing that you don't see every day was that the Bills had an onside kick return for a touchdown. So that was just kind of like those, what do you see? I guess if I had segments, it'd be like, a, what did you, what is that segment? Yeah. So you had that. And then to the NBA really quickly where you have 
Zion Williamson, which is one of the big, larger names in the NBA, probably one of the more touted college guys since LeBron James. Anyway, he'll be out with a he'll be out indefinitely with a knee injury. Most experts believe he will have to drop 15 to 20 pounds simply because he is he is already the second heaviest player in the NBA. And the amount of force he puts on his knees during an NBA game with all the explosion, the dunking, the jumping, all those things, is not really sustainable for 82 game season. Like, at Duke, he could do it because it's a much shorter season. But in the NBA, you're on the road so much. You're doing that night in, night out. Even if it does work, it'll work in your younger years. But when you get probably about year five or six, that doesn't – your your knees will probably – you're probably already going to have, like, arthritis and stuff like that. But that will really probably expedite the process. Most of the time, you have the big guys, obviously with the exception of Shaq. Most of the time, you have the big guys that are tall and really skinny. But maybe Zion will be able to break the mold here. But he's out indefinitely, so he's not off to a good start. Then also, in Los Angeles, the Clippers, I don't know if you all seen the new uniforms that were all over Twitter. They kind of remind you of a Grand Theft Auto. See, like, the, the the Clippers are kind of taking, like, the bad boy kind of thing of L.A. So, uh, you have the Lakers, the LeBron, and Anthony Davis. Ah, uh, yeah, the good, the bright yellow. And the Clippers are kind of taking, like, the bad side of things. I like it. I like that approach to it. It's something different. It's something to get people in the stands besides the natural talent that'll be there. And speaking of the talent, Paul George is expected to miss the beginning of the season. Hopes to return around November-ish. This this right here goes. Just, this right here says everything you know about like sports as far as athletes and stuff. Paul George went under underwent surgery to his right rotator cuff in his left leg room after the 2019 playoffs ended. That means both of his shoulders had surgery. So we all see him whenever they get back to playing and stuff. But could you imagine how tough of a recovery that is when both of your shoulders have been had surgery? Well, both of your like the upper tier upper part of your body has surgeries on but so whenever you think about the nba most people think about the commercials and you know all the the light the bright lights and pop rock and stuff but like it's real the nba life is real and it does take a toll on you so something to note there but that's all we have for this week's matt sport house thank you all for listening i do have that twitter up and running so if you have any questions comments concerns uh go ahead and hit me on the twitter account with One of those things. Also, be sure to rate the podcast. And uh, thanks for listening again. Peace.